Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's going on? Uh, hopefully the audio sounds fine. Traveling for work, I got all my equipment, uh, but I'm in a hotel with hotel Wi-Fi, so we'll see how that goes. We will. Hotel Wi-Fi, but plenty of news when it comes to free agency around the NFL. I think Bengals fans are feeling, uh, it's kind of a weird vibe when you ask Bengals fans how they feel about free agency so far, because here's the recap. In 24 hours of free agency, Jermaine Pratt is back, which I will raise my hand and say I am totally shocked Jermaine Pratt is back in the linebacker room. You lose Von Bell, you lose Jesse Bates, Maje P. Ryan, you bring Michael Thomas back. With those signings and everything that has happened in the last 24 hours, how do you feel looking uh, at some of the Bengals moves? I mean, the only surprise for me has been Pratt's back, and the other surprise was Von Bell's gone. But I was kind of, I always felt like it was a little bit of too much of an assumption that he'd be back. Like, it felt like everybody was like, well, they'll bring Von Bell back. And um, that was always like, well, they, um, I hope so. I think so. And then he leaves. And it doesn't happen, but really didn't think that Pratt would be back. That was surprising, uh, but in a good way, because I thought he was gone. You're not going to replace the same level of play, even if they were able to get similar, slightly worse, but still fine production from the linebackers that have always stepped in. Uh, seems like they value him. And will they pay Wilson as well? I don't know. The thing is with Pratt, he came in a much lower number than I thought he would because I thought I thought he was 12 per year or something like that. He comes in almost half that at seven. You take that all. You take that. You easily take that. And maybe we don't know anything. Maybe there is like a, I want to stay in Cincinnati from him last minute. It's like, what are they willing to give me? Is it is it enough? And it was. Or maybe his market wasn't as big as he thought. I don't think so, though. Like, I think that he could have gotten something. But the linebacker market itself has been a little depressed. David Long also signing a similar deal. So those are all my thoughts on free agency so far. A lot of safeties out there. I don't want people complaining about Von Bell. Like, there's no way they find a way. I saw all the Tyson Anderson cope this morning, and I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's do that in a few weeks if this is the case not not day two of free agency that we need to go Tyson Anderson might start and look at his RAS score I mean we're, we're gonna get more into the safety position in just a moment I'm, I'm gonna stay with linebacker right now and Jermaine Pratt I agree with you when it comes to the number I was really surprised and I think it's a no-brainer for Cincinnati if they have him sign on the line with with that kind of deal I, I tweeted out earlier and I know the franchise tag is a little different when they talk about the linebacker position but the the franchise tag was more than what they're paying Jermaine Pratt over three years which is absolutely insane to me and I know we we've actually talked about it on the podcast you have a guy like Logan Wilson who I felt like they were going to prioritize and extend and I feel like it's still going to happen because the linebacker market is great if you're a front office right now and you want to extend a guy in Logan Wilson and maybe it's going to be something next year but for him a guy who's battled injuries before he's a tough player he he ends up you know coming back and playing in, in regular season but I still think it's it would be huge to go ahead and get his deal done while you can and then you you solidify your linebacker room which is something that is huge for this team over the last few few years since really the 2020 draft and I know they got Pratt in 2019 but at the same time I think it's a great deal I, I just I think Bengals fans have such mixed feelings because 
maybe they're a little surprised and shocked. I know I am because personally during free agency, I take all the national writers who are breaking news and I turn their notifications on because I know there's all kinds of frauds out there on Twitter tweeting wrong deals and breaking news. And I just wanted to see what was going on during the day. And when Jermaine Pratt's news came through, I said, no, let me read that again and make sure that he's coming back to Cincinnati. So I was shocked. I think it's a great deal for them. But but some of the things that really stood out for me when I'm listening to, to Jermaine Pratt was his press conference today. And I know he did an interview on Bengals.com yesterday and a big part part was he knows this team was one play away that they can win here they have a top five quarterback in Joe Burrow and I think all of that does matter I mean yes I've, I've said it before I want Jesse Bates I want Von Bell go get the bag go get paid um, players deserve to get paid I feel like a lot of them are underpaid in the NFL and for him to say you know what I want to return because I have a good thing going here I'd love to know you know what some of the other numbers were looking like for Jermaine Pratt but he was one of their best defensive players last year and he was all over the field and everybody remembers what he did in the Raiders game to pretty much end the franchise playoff drought and then the stealing the ball from Travis Kelsey last year and he was just dominant on the defensive side of the ball so I think it's huge I'm just a little surprised with I feel like there's just a lot of mixed feelings out there right now with Bengals fans some of it's probably also they already coped with losing him they're like wow we'll be fine and I remember the day before free agency started uh two smart guys Matt Minnick and Joe Goodberry were having a conversation in my replies about well, who's going to take the role? <laughs> it was just funny. The next day, it didn't matter. And to me, there was no, there's nobody on the roster that can do exactly what he does. Like, yes, Marcus Bailey probably will fit the run and do that stuff better. Akeem Davis, not better than Pratt, but, you know, sorry, I, I meant better than Akeem Davis Gaither, but that came out like, I think Bailey's better against the run than Pratt, which I don't think. But, you know, that he, he'd, he'd be fine against the run. But can he give you the pass coverage that Pratt does? Because Pratt, some people think of pass coverage as just man zone, and like it's fine. But a lot of it is also match stuff. And um, Pratt's their match guy, and he's their man guy in the linebacker room, and that fits Akeem Davis Gaither. But the step Pratt made, and why I thought he was the best linebacker on the team this past year, was in his spot drop zone stuff. Um, He's always been a high-level athlete, former safety, able to run with guys. And there's great clips that I have of him running with Tim Pat, running with Chase Claypool, and running with Darnell Mooney, all in the same year, step for step. But what he was missing was the Mike White game, where they kept getting too much depth in their zone drops, or they wouldn't get enough depth. And he was just mostly too much depth. And he, Mike White was just able to check it down for 10-yard gains the whole time. He tightened that up, and that's, uh, that was just a big hole. And something it would be cool to see him come back because he's gotten better every year. It's not unreasonable. I think he keeps getting better, or at least that he's better next year than he was this year. And he was already really good this year. So I think it's a great signing. I think it's if you ask me who's the better player between him and Bell, I think it was him last year. And he's more ascending while Bell would be on the downslope on his third contract. So I don't think Bengals made the wrong move. You could argue positional value with a safety versus a linebacker. And I want to get into the safety talk too pretty soon, but yeah, just thinking about it, I don't know. I really like the Pratt deal. I, I thought he was gone. He's been one of my guys this whole time here, basically. Um, so I I really like this deal. I think they signed Wilson still. Hopefully you're not giving an insane amount to your linebacker room, but at the same time, if you keep both of them, where I had Wilson probably making 13, 14 per year, you keep both of them for 15, 16, you take that. Boy, an extra one or two million for what I was thinking. If uh, Wilson's able to take a little bit less of a deal in the suppressed market, that'd be cool. The only guy that's gotten a huge deal, I think, has been Tremaine Edmonds for the Bears. And they might be paying a little bit of a bad team tax with that. Yeah, I think here's the thing. I think if you were to tell Bengals fans, maybe in middle of the season or even during the playoff run, Jermaine Pratt is going to come back at this number. Three years. 21 million, they would say, sign me up right now. I don't believe you. Because I think any of those conversations when we thought about Jermaine Pratt coming back, that number, I, I didn't think 21 million for three years. That that didn't seem possible for Jermaine Pratt, just the way he was playing this past year. I've said it plenty of times on the podcast. I'm like, oh, he's definitely, you know, more than likely going to be gone. It just feels like the writing's on the wall. And he even said it today. He's like, 
he was asked about his tweets. You know, he's tweeting some things, and everyone's like, well, was that about Cincinnati? He's like, no, some things aren't about the Bengals. Some things aren't about football. Uh, but one of my favorite things was he goes, I need to find a place in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, he thought, maybe he thought he was gone. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, when you're a rookie, you probably don't want to get a long-term home in, you know, Cincinnati. Although I guess this deal's shorter than his rookie deal. <laughs> so he didn't have the money, though. You know, like, he was a fourth, third, I think it was, I can't remember. I think a third-round pick. He's a mm-hmm. third-round pick. So he didn't get paid. He got paid more than, like, me and you, but, <laughs> like, Joe Burrow. Uh, so that. I don't know. I, I, very cool. I hope he's a Bengal for a long time. Um, but three years is a long time. I think the Bengals three years ago, would told me three years ago the Bengals are Super Bowl contenders, perennially Super Bowl contenders. I'd be ecstatic. Now that is just what it is. That's what I think with these rookie contracts sometimes is we talk about like, well, if he's only here five years, is that okay? And like, dude, T. Higgins hasn't been here five years. If you get T. Higgins on our, with your first round pick, and even if he leaves after the contract, slam dunk. So I just thought about that a little bit um, to go with that. But yeah, anyway, really happy Pratt's back. Uh, he's so versatile with his alignment and stuff. They just weren't going to find a guy that can do all that uh, because they put him on the line to put him off ball, match wide receivers. They have to do all this stuff. He's one of the keys to the defense. Uh, and I think Bell was too. So Bell's going to be hard to find, but I'm glad they got one of those two back and they got the one that's ascending and for a pretty cheap deal. If you would have told me 21 million for two years, I still would have thought that was probably low for Pratt, right? <laughs> like I, I was thinking three, 336, 334, somewhere in that range, like well above 10 million, like into the 12s. And, and he's still young, as you mentioned. I think the Bengals, and this has kind of been their mindset since the 2020s offseason that they want to get young and they want to stay young. And, you know, that might be, you know, why they moved on from Von Bell. I still feel like they wanted to retain Von Bell, but they just couldn't meet at the, the right number. The Bengals value the safety position. Um, you know, they've had those plenty of conversations with Jesse Bates over the last two years. And I don't think that those happened this past offseason. It felt like, you know, that was going to be it after they replaced his uh, replacement with Dax Hill. But I just kind of felt like that position isn't something that they put a whole lot of money into. And, and I'm okay with that, but I, I've said it before. I would, I would have loved for Von Bell to come back. And I know the reaction is from a lot of Bengals fans is his leadership, you know, what he brings to the safety room. And now you're going to have two guys who didn't really get a play at all at safety position last year. And you have Tyson Anderson, you have um, Dax Hill out there and it's only day two of free agency. So I need everyone just to, Take a deep breath, calm down. I do feel like the safety position will be okay. And Dax Hill is going to be one of the starters. But at the same time, I just felt like, you know, maybe Cincinnati wanted to just get faster at that position and and, and younger with Von Bell. Yeah. Um, Could be just an athleticism thing. They want more athleticism in that position. If you get a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, which I don't know if that's real, uh, but if you get him, he's – just as, if not more versatile than Bell was. Um, so maybe they look for that, or maybe they look for guys that are just really athletic or guys, I think nobody's really mentioned it. Um, it might just be because he wasn't that good early in his career, but and who he played for. But for um, me, Evans is fine. You know, like a fine fit in the Von Bell rule probably makes less money, like a 315 or something like that, like five a year. I think that's a possibility. They know him well. Um, but I don't know. That's I, I really think they're going to sign a safety. And there's still plenty of safeties out there. I think people just don't know the names of a lot of safeties. And that's fine. But um, there's plenty of safeties out there. I don't think they're planning on going with a draft pick because you probably want one of your two safeties to be experienced. Mm-hmm. And Dax Hill has a year of experience, but it was a year of weird experience where he didn't play any safety. <laughs> just played some nickel. Um yeah, I, I think they're in a fine spot. I think some people have kind of freaked out about it. They kept one of their important pieces, which if you would have asked us, who do they keep, Bates, Bell, or Pratt? We're not saying and, and like, which two do you keep? We always thought it was one. So we always thought it was Bell, but it turns out it was Pratt, and that's fine. I actually think if you didn't get like a David Long or somebody like that in free agency, and you probably weren't in that market anyway, 
the linebacker is just a weird spot because like you're gonna pay anybody why don't you just pay pratt meanwhile if you pay safety it could make sense a younger guy or a cheaper guy but with linebacker i felt like it didn't make sense especially with the number pratt came in at uh so we could probably mark linebacker off of the draft list because they're very happy with their depth and they are very happy with the starters <laughs> so maybe day three pick that i don't watch day three guys until they get picked so <laughs> i'm uh, i'm not gonna watch any linebackers so sorry to linebacker aficionados out there i will not be joining you all right well we're gonna move on to the defensive side a little more in the safety room maybe some of the free agents who are available that you can inform the cincinnati Bengals fans that everything it's gonna be okay when it comes to free agency and this roster yes you're down two guys right now recap of the day samaj p ryan signs a two-year contract with the denver broncos and we'll get to the running back room later on it's always game day in cincinnati is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We talked about it. Jermaine Pratt is back. Exciting for the defense when one of your best players is back. Safety room. You move on from Von Bell, Jesse Bates. I said it before. I think they did want to bring Von Bell back. But, hey, they're moving on. And I still feel pretty calm, cool, and collective there are plenty of free agents. Honestly, a lot of big names left when you look at some of the guys available. And it felt like a semi-quiet day in the NFL overall for a lot of teams, unless you're a big spender or a team that isn't really doing much on the field, but besides having a lot of cap room. Um, you look at the Broncos the last 24 hours, the Chicago Bears. Um, I know Miami Dolphins have been pretty active, but nothing too crazy for me personally when I look at some of the NFL free agency moves. But when it comes to the safety position, say Cincinnati doesn't want to go to the draft or maybe they get a safety late in the draft for more depth. Who is a safety that is available in free agency right now that you would take a look at? There's a few guys. Um, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson thing is the big one. He probably makes more money than um, – Bell made though, so are they in on that? Because PFF hasn't predicted eleven and a half million a year. It's pretty high for what they normally go for um, in free agency, especially they could have just paid Bell seven something. Juan Thornhill's out there; his projected contract's about seven million. Maybe they just maybe Bell just wanted to move on to a different team. You get somebody at similar money. Uh, really interesting one would be John Johnson, who got cut from the Browns. He's not going to affect your comp picks, which is nice because he was cut and projected about five and a half million. But I feel like he's a hard guy to really pin down for what he would actually make because he was really disappointing with the Browns. But before that, he was very good with the Rams and the Rams also a connection with Zach Taylor. So that's one I think would be interesting. And I think he would do pretty well in the Von Bell role, we have to think of safeties anymore. It used to be free safety, strong safety. Your strong safety is a guy in the box. Your free safety is the one that's always deep. And like, it's just not the case anymore. All these teams want to play split field coverages. They want to keep both safeties back. So with both safeties back, there's no free safety, strong safety. There's just two safeties. And one to get into the box more when you do that. But your primary thought here, I think, is versatility. In your safety you're looking for intelligence you're looking for a good communicator your athleticism is on the list it's always on the list but you're not looking for a guy to fit with dax that needs to be able to play single high rope sideline to sideline like jesse bates was able to and you're not looking for a guy in von bell that you know you could put a number 53 on him and he could pass as a linebacker you're looking for just a guy that can play a lot of roles and that's chauncey gardner johnson but to me I think that could also be John Johnson. I know that I think there's a sour taste because he stunk with the Browns. That's when you strike, right? The Browns are not the place where I, I really think of like, well, if they're bad with the Browns, you're going to be bad anywhere. I think like, eh, there's been plenty of guys who were bad with the Browns and went on, did well. I think a Jamie Collins is the funniest one where he was really good with the Patriots, left to the Browns, stunk, went back to the Patriots. He's really good again. <laughs> so um, that's, that's a guy I'd look at. There's, other guys, too, I mentioned Terrell Edmonds out there. I think he could fit that role as well. Um, so, so there's a lot. I, I'm not nervous about safety probably for another few days. Like when Chauncey signs, I think people are really going to freak out, especially if it's not with the Bengals. But I still think there's like five five more safeties I'm comfortable with starting. You want to get a veteran, 
but I'm not going to freak out until they're down to like one or two guys that I feel comfortable with left. I know Chauncey makes a lot of Bengals fans excited. I feel like every year they find this player um, on social media where they get really excited and that's going to be the guy who's going to come here and he's going to be a game changer. But, and look, I'm not, I could be wrong. I was wrong about Jermaine Pratt. I had no clue that he was returning. I thought Von Bell would be back. But at the same time, I've always felt this way when they couldn't agree to terms with Jesse Bates on a deal. They don't value that position like other teams might value it when it comes to high market numbers. I don't see them putting a lot of money into that position. If they can bring a guy in for probably half of that price, um, I don't see an $11 million unless he wants to take a pay cut uh, to around seven or maybe 8 million a year, then maybe Cincinnati would have interest. It's just something that they, that they feel uh, when it comes to that position. And I know a lot of fans are, are nervous and scared, but I do, I feel like they're going to be active tomorrow. And I think it's just been pretty quiet overall. And there's still plenty of safeties available, but there's a coach on, on the staff who I trust more than any of the assistants and, and no offense to Zach Taylor, but you have Lou and Arumo over there. And I trust him with the secondary. I trust him with guys when, when Dax Hill is going to get his first real start at safety next year. Tyson Anderson, yeah, I'm not ready to jump and say this guy's going to be a safety for this team right now. But at the same time, I think of that as a more of a depth piece in the safety room. And I do feel like they'll bring a guy in. I don't, I don't think they go super old, but more of a vet, a, a guy who's really going to help in the secondary. And um, they obviously bring Michael Thomas back. I think more of a special teams leadership guy uh, when you think of him coming back to Cincinnati. But overall, I'm just, I don't know. The, the safety stuff doesn't scare me, but I know a lot of Bengals fans. It's almost surprising. Like they, they, they forgot about Jesse Bates. We've, we've talked about this for about a year now that he wasn't going to come back to Cincinnati. It was pretty much writing on the wall. It was over. But then when Von Bell was gone, it was like, oh my goodness, we are getting worse. This roster is worse. But I threw this out on social media, you know, a couple of times this offseason. I said, give me your core for the Cincinnati Bengals. Give me your core. When you think of the future of guys you want on this team, um, offense, defensive side, I'll tell you right now, I didn't hear Vaughn Bell's name often when, when we talked about the core of the future of the defense. And Vaughn Bell was amazing when he was here. But I mean the overall outlook of the next three to four years when you think about this team and this Super Bowl window that you can say is going to be extended, I feel maybe I'm optimistic, more than three to four years there's other guys out there that they can add to this roster. They still have the majority of this roster on both sides of the ball. I, I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm optimistic and I don't freak out during the first 24 hours of free agency, but I think everything's going to be okay. And I really trust the front office to, to get some deals done. And I think, you know, they're going to be more active towards the end of the week and we're getting into Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And that's when, you know, we do see more active deals complete. And there's still plenty, there's about 25, 30 free agents out there who will be starters in the NFL next year. Sorry to um, Bengals fans out there. It would be great if all these deals came in on Friday when I'm home. Because <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to produce any content on the guy they signed today. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm not going to do any Pratt content because I'm like, well, maybe later. <laughs> we know him. <laughs> it's not like a get to know Jermaine Pratt. It's like, what type of player is he? It's like, you know. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't think they value the safety position a ton. It's just tough because then they took one first, first in the first round. Yeah, so I'd say that they value value it it. Yeah, yeah, I should take back like, that. I feel like they valued enough that they could have signed Bell at that price. I think the issue might have just been more they wanted to get younger and younger with a veteran, but younger. Big Bell when he signed three years ago, like twenty six to twenty eight. I, I don't know how Bell. Is like maybe it's 28, but I think like 26 or so. And Chauncey Garden Johnson is 26. Juan Thornhill is 28. Um, probably skipping past Jordan Poyer, who's 32, although I'm not opposed to like a one year deal. John Johnson's 28. Terrell Edmonds, I believe, is 26. There's plenty of young safety up. Julian Love's 25. Taylor Rapp's 26. I think Jabil Peppers is young. Uh, Donovan Smith's 28. Like a lot of the startable safeties out there are in that age range where I think they like to play. They don't want to give a guy a deal that goes into his thirties. So that is, uh, I think that's all safety talk. I, I don't know. Is, is more, yeah, I, I, don't think, think, I don't think they end up doing a draft thing. Like does Brian Branch fall to them? Do, are they, do they not sign a safety and Brian Branch falls to them? They probably take him. Uh, but other than that, there's not, a, I don't think it's a great safety 
class, from what I understand. I haven't watched because I don't think they're taking one, at least in the first two first two days. I'll include the third round in there. But, um, yeah, I still think they sign a guy. I don't think it's going to end up being two, basically two rookies out there as your starting safety duo with a second-year corner, and then only two members of the secondary are seasoned veterans. I think they want to get a little bit of uh, a little bit more veteran leadership in that room because that's one of the big things that they're missing without Von Bell. All right, we're going to move on to the tight end position because it feels pretty quiet in the tight end world overall in the NFL. I think a guy like a Hayden Hurst um, is someone who could be a Friday sign, maybe not in Cincinnati, but overall in the NFL. He's not going to be a day one, day two free agent signing. But overall, have you been pretty surprised with the tight end market right now? I'm surprised Darren Waller went for a third round pick. <laughs> I would have done that. <laughs> He's older, I guess. He's in his 30s, so I don't know if the Bengals would, would do that. But yeah, I, that was the main surprise I had. I the oh actually never mind josh oliver signing for like seven million a year and he has 230 career yards that's pretty up there but he's a blocking tight end maybe that's what they go for now i don't know um yeah i i've been a little surprised i think the tight end market has just boomed in the past two years i think about david njoku signing a huge deal all these guys that aren't really proven signing big deals and is that you know it are the Bengals going to be a victim of that or do they find a guy that is going to take a one-year deal they know bro gets these guys paid hayden hurst pending <laughs> but i think he's going to get paid decently well um and maybe hayden hurst is back i'm putting that one at like a coin flip but i think he could be so do they get an irv smith foster moreau one of these tight ends austin hooper is a guy i come back to just on vibes of the Bengals seem to sign guys that fans neither hate nor love of just okay <laughs> so but then they play better than that then maybe that's austin hooper who was pretty good with the falcons and then whatever with the titans and the browns so that's another buy low that's out there i mean these names aren't exciting like if they sign terrell edmonds and austin hooper i don't think fans are like jumping out and screaming in the streets that this team's going back to, to the big game but they're fine. They're starting level players if that's what happens. I'm hoping for something exciting because that's more exciting to write about. That's more exciting to talk about. That's more exciting as a fan. But if you just get starting level guys, that's fine to me. I don't know how you feel about it. If they if they sign like Edmonds and Hooper, are you upset or are you somewhere in between? So I feel like there's a reason to trust the front office right now. Yeah, I, I mean, what – is this three straight years of this like slam dunk free agencies? Like I'm, I'm going to doubt them when they give me a reason to doubt them. Paul Diener said it best. I listened to his uh, podcast from yesterday and he said there were a lot of regrettable contracts signed today around the NFL. You know, the first day where teams, as I mentioned before, they have all the cap space and all the money to just go out and spend on and give these crazy contract numbers to players that you might regret in a year or two. Um, and I think that that's kind of the overall reaction. Yeah, the splash is really fun and nice. But if you remember, you can go back to the Cheeto signing. You could even say the same thing about Trey Hendrickson when they moved on from Carl Lawson. A lot of the fan base was like, no, he didn't do anything with the Saints. Uh, he had help on the defensive line, and they 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 weren't too excited when Carl Lawson was gone, and they brought in Trey Hendrickson. Um, you know, there was a lot of those signings that that they made. You know, later on in the week, that it wasn't too crazy, but it wasn't. I, I wouldn't put Trey Hendrickson in the not too crazy because I think that was a great signing. But overall, in the last two years, that we we just kind of have to trust the process of of their mindset, what they're thinking. I think Hayden Hurst was a nice addition last year for a one year deal. Um, I think they're going to do that similar approach again in the tight end room because this class is loaded in the draft. I'm not going to say they're going to go and get a tight end at 28, but I think at the same time, if you bring in, in a vet tight end for a one-year deal, because right now they have zero tight ends under contract. Uh, Mitchell Wilcox, I still feel like he comes back on a cheaper deal. They just didn't agree to the contract uh, deal for the restricted free, free agent number to bring him back. And that's totally fine with me. I mean, I, I could see him coming back just, just cheaper special teams guy, uh, get a few, you know, catches every now and again with this offense. But, you know, you do have to kind of have that mindset. You have to get somebody in free agency. And I think they draft a tight end, but I don't think it's anything crazy. And I just think it's a, a one-year deal and that guy can go and get a multi-year deal because Joe likes to get these tight ends paid. We've said it before. CJ Uzama, Hayden Hurst is going to get a nice deal. I, 
I agree with you. I think it's 50-50 that he's back in Cincinnati. Um, you know, a little surprising, I guess, that he hasn't signed with the team, but the market's just, it's been what it is. I, I'm, I'm not really, you know, impressed with tight end and the linebacker numbers right now. Yeah, I, I think tight ends are going for higher than they're worth, but at the same time, not all of them. And there's always weird deals. So, like, is the Josh Oliver deal just a weird deal? Because Josh Oliver's worth seven something, then Hayner's might be worth 10 something, and the Bengals probably aren't paying 10 something. Uh, but, you know, like, that's also going to just be, oh, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> Everybody else just signs at their normal price. I don't know. There's not been a lot of movement at the tight end market. I think that's the big one, too, is that I don't have a real good feel. The only market that's really moved that much seems to be linebacker and maybe offensive tackle as we were talking i think caleb mcgarry just signed to a 10 plus million dollar deal to stay with atlanta um i never thought he was a fit that he just he's a good run blocker that struggles in pass protection and that's like the opposite of what you want as for a Bengals offensive tackle <laughs> they're asked much more to do in pass protection than they are in the run game uh so that's fine i I don't know. I I don't have a good feel for a lot of this. And even offensive tackle has been all over the place. Jamal Taylor getting 20 plus million, Caleb getting 10 million. Maybe those are what you expected. But then the Trey Pickens getting 7 million uh, as a right tackle, which is which was top 10 number, which is a top 10 number before. Um, but is that the Chukwuma Okora for deal where the Steelers make that deal and everybody just goes, huh? And they just go back to signing normal contracts. So that's, that's just going to be interesting. And there's still tackles out there that they can sign that can start. And that is the one that I wouldn't be shocked if they don't get a guy, but I'd be surprised. Like I'd be surprised if they don't go for a guy. I'd be shocked if they don't get safety, but tackle, I think I'd be more surprised than anything. And I would probably question the plan if there's not at least a swing tackle upgrade. Yeah, I think we're going to get more to the right tackle position, offensive line. I want to talk a little running back room, Smaj P. Ryan. I do want to say that Jabril Peppers is off the board. He is going to sign a two-year extension, re-signing with the Patriots. So another safety off the board when you look at the outlook of maybe a vet they could bring in a free agency. Uh, to be determined, I, I do like these a little the, these little alerts as they're happening because free agency doesn't stop at night. I know a lot of people think free agency is one day. It's like two weeks, okay? There's a lot of moves that can possibly happen with our roster, and I think it's going to be a little more active for the Cincinnati Bengals maybe when we get into late Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But next, let's talk a little more about the offensive line and the running back room on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. It has been a little slow, busy day. If you count some of the guys that the Bengals have lost over the last 24 hours, you mentioned it before, Von Bell, Jesse Bates. They're going to be on new team. Samaj P. Ryan going to get into the running back room in just a little bit. The Bengals are bringing back Jermaine Pratt, three-year, $21 million deal. And Michael Thomas is going to be back in the safety room. Let's move on to the right tackle position because you were just talking about it when we were ending the last segment when it comes to maybe what this team will do in free agency. I think if you were to tell me what's the most important thing in free agency right now and what I want them to spend money on, I wouldn't say safety is number one for me. And I know that's really crazy for a lot of people. We just spent a whole segment on the safety position. I do think it's important to get a vet safety um, over the next few days. But for me, it's the offensive line because you do not have your secured ready 100% ready in September right tackle uh we don't know what's going to happen with Leo Collins and I think that's what's going to be the most important thing I've just been a little surprised with the numbers I mean you know what are you getting what are you going to pay are you going to let the market kind of settle a little more but when you think about some of the guys who are available for the right tackle position who would you pick from from the latest free agents oh man uh, there's, you know, the Jermaine Illuminor, I feel like has been the weirdest like obsession for Bengals fans. It's like a swing tackle, but you know, <laughs> I think he's older too. You gotta, you gotta start a little bit later. Um, yeah, he is. He's 29. So he's older than you think. Um, but projected at like 3 million or something per season. 
Uh, I feel like another guy is like Billy Turner's fine. George Fant is interesting. Cam Fleming and Kelvin Beecham. I'm not sure if any of these guys are gone, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Andrew Wiley's out there. Isaiah Wynn. All those guys. They're sure. <laughs> those, are like, all yeah. starting, those are all starting to swing tackle level guys. And uh, I know the Bengals fans have latched on to Jermaine Illuminor. He is a 29-year-old, one-year starting swing tackle for his career. That is fine. I think that is perfectly in the realm of like what they should be looking at. I would not be devastated if he signs somewhere else. <laughs> I, just think, <laughs> I just think that sometimes, you know, sometimes we latch on to some guys and that it seems to be the only swing tackle that Bengals fans want. It's like Juwan Taylor, Mike McGlinchey, or Jermaine Illuminor. Those are the only options. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right. I hope I am. But, you are. Um, cool. They don't, they don't say his name on the broadcast that often. That's great. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm like McGlinchey's gone, Taylor's gone, and now McGarry's gone. Those are kind of the big fish, kind of tackle. I don't think there's another guy that Orlando Brown is probably still. I think he's still out there. I don't think they're interested in Orlando Brown at that price tag because you're basically going to give him the T Higgins deal, and then I'm just like, why don't you just give that deal to T Higgins? He's more mm-hmm. important. So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I think they find somebody who's kind of cheap and works. The reason I said I wouldn't be shocked if they don't do it is that they just, and this to me isn't great strategy, but they just, they're taking one at 28. They feel comfortable with like three guys who are supposed to go around that range and they just take whoever falls. I mean, they had their top 30 visit with DeWan Jones. So they just want him, maybe. Will he be there? I think so. So do you roll with a rookie and Collins for week one? It's probably not the best strategy, but it's something that I could see happening. It's not, it's not impossible. Like that's, I would be surprised. I want to say that, but I wouldn't be shocked. Like I wouldn't go like, oh my God, it's Dual Collins and a rookie for right tackle next year. I just go like, oh, I don't know if I agree with this, but I trust them. I mean, at the same time, we've uh, watched some bad right tackle play for quite some time. So I almost feel like that's, whoa, is that the best right tackle or right tackle players that uh, Joe Burrow has had in his career in Cincinnati? I mean, I know Riley Reap was battling injuries. It's unfortunate that he couldn't finish the season. Uh, Lyle Collins, you could say the same thing from last year. He was never fully healthy. I would feel better. I honestly, you, you've... I'm changing my mind every day when I think about that 28th pick, when I look at the free agency class, because at some point you have to nail your offensive line in the draft because they're expensive. And I want to pay, I don't want to pay a whole lot of money for, for an offensive lineman right now. I want to give that money to T Higgins. I want to give that money to Joe Burrow. Um, I don't want it on the offensive line and I don't want to, I don't want to overpay for a guy right now. Um, I think, you know, you would almost say just an above average right tackle um, because that's, I would feel comfortable with it. I feel like that's okay as long as the guy could stay healthy. I just don't want to rush Lyle Collins back if they plan on keeping him. Do you think it's a good idea to say they get a just a little bit above average right tackle in free agency and they're like, you know what? We're going to pay Lyle Collins to stay here because I do feel like it's pretty incentive loaded when it comes to him staying healthy and playing games for this team that you're not rushing him back and he's getting time to, you know, eventually maybe go out there and, um, you know, gain his chemistry back with the offensive line. And you just put it, like I said, an above average right tackle from free agency. Would you feel comfortable with the offensive line? I feel like saying above average is nice for the guys left. (laughs) I mean, like they're fine. Like, I think of them more like for starting, they're probably a little bit below average. They're they're serviceable though. And I know nobody wants anybody that's below average in their offensive line, but those guys are fine. You don't want you don't want the donkeys. <laughs> you don't want to go out there with the guys that you like, we can't trust this guy on like a three-step drop type concept. You want a guy out there that's like, do I trust him as TJ Watt? No. Do I trust him to be fine? Most of the time, sure. <laughs> I think that's what's out there. You're looking at swing tackles. Like I said, like these aren't above average. Start- if they were above average starting caliber right. offensive linemen, they would be getting the Mike McGlinchey deal because that's what he is. <laughs> but my <laughs> thing is, deal. my expectations for offensive linemen, they're pretty low. So Above I'm average just- for the normal Bengals right tackle. <laughs> that's yeah. out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, my 
expectations are pretty, pretty low. Um, I'm just like, hey, can you can you give Joe Burrow 2.8 seconds to get the ball released? And I feel good. If you can promise me that every single game, then I'm like, you know what? We have a shot. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. That right tackle stuff just, it has me nervous. It really does. I think the trenches are the most important thing. And you can say the same thing for the other side of the ball. Um, you know, there were rumors that they were inter- interested in a lot of the guys who were out there when it comes to kind of beefing up the defensive line. I do think that 28th pick is going to be a trenches pick. It's either going to be on the D line or offensive line. And I, I, I'm staying with that right now. It is March. Really? And I just I think that's the way you have you have to do it. You look at all of the games. You look at the AFC Championship game. You look at the Super Bowl. Why did they lose the Super Bowl? Why did they lose the AFC Championship game? That's fair. Um, my mind has been, I think they go corner because I think a good one falls. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's there's like six or seven first round corners according to consensus. I just started watching, so I don't have my full takes yet, mm-hmm. but I do know that. I mean. I've got everybody I've watched either as an early second or a first round guy. And I've watched like five guys at this point. So they're all fine to take there, but maybe they don't. That yeah, that just feels like un, a match of best player available. And if that's what they go for, because you're picking late and you don't want to reach. If the guys that you want are gone at tackle and at pass rusher, I'll put both those guys into there. Then you, probably just want to go corner versus reaching on the next bucket of players. I don't think they're – what do you think about um, interior offensive line? Because I know we both talked about you can get better than Bolson out there, but I think he gets another year. I, I I don't think he's bad. Like whenever I've said that, it's more so I want him to be better, but also I want, you know, like this is a Super Bowl, and I don't want to just hand out that starting job to somebody that you could – reasonably find an upgrade either early in the draft or wherever but i think they give him another year because i think of everybody they've ever had that was much worse than him their rookie year they got another year even all the way back to like russell bodine at center he got plenty of chances he was starting center on a lot of offensive lines yeah and then they want to they want to stay cheap there um, you're staying cheap when you have Cordell Wilson as your guard. Um, we, we've seen that number at the guard position, and, and it, it's it's a little indifferent this year, but it's been high at times. And I think you want to give Wilson another year in the NFL at the guard position. And yeah, I'm not saying the guy. I mean, I've said it before, and I, I was criticized for it when I when I mentioned, you know, he's got to play play better. And I want him to play better. I want Cordell Wilson to succeed at the guard position. That is great for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's great for this offensive line. So I do think he gets another year. I I do kind of like that. I don't feel like we hear it as much anymore. Uh, I know it was a big thing last year, bringing Quentin Spain back. And it was just time to move on. No offense to Quentin Spain. But um, a full year off too. (laughs) And there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a lot of bad offensive line play out in the NFL and, and he wasn't signed. And I appreciate Appreciate him coming in when he did to Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, I, I do think right now if you can add any depth, that's going to be extremely important at the guard position. Um, you know, give give some competi- competition, healthy competition. That's never a bad thing when you think of uh, more healthy guys that are protecting Joe Burrow. So count me in for that. But I still don't know what they're going to do with that right tackle position. And, hey, we're going to record a podcast on Thursday, so maybe more moves will be made for Cincinnati. And if not, maybe that is a 28th pick for them. I hate to do this because there's only a couple minutes left in the podcast today. But we got to talk Samaj P. Ryan. Um, yeah. Good for, good for Samaj. Love the contract for him, rooting for him. Uh, it was almost like a 50-50 shot that it felt like he was going to come back to Cincinnati. I, I liked his time here. Um, he was fun to watch this past season in Cincinnati. And one memory that is my favorite was uh, the AFC Championship game when it was right before it was either right before halftime or after halftime when he ran it into the end zone and made it a um, 11 point game. And I was just like, all right, it's back on AFC Championship games back on Samaj P. Run. Um, you know, he he was a he was a fun running back to watch, but it, it's looking like uh, running backs running back room might look a little different next year. The big ball, bowling ball is gone. Sad. I've, I've always liked him. I felt like I had to kind of take the anti-Piran stance for a couple of weeks because fans went like ballistic about him <laughs> being like the future and all sorts of stuff. Like, he's, he's fine. Guys, he's fine as a runner. And then he gives you really good pass protection and okay receiving. Like, it's, it's good. That's a good running back. That's a great running back to have in your room. Um the rumors are true they're interested in jamal williams i think that's an upgrade for that spot i think he's more of the p ryan than he is the mixon but probably 
other than getting Bijan, you're going to draft, you know, anybody in the draft or anybody in free agency, you're going to get, you're going to need two guys to fill the role. I know some people just want to have the one bell cow never come off the field. We don't tip plays, blah, blah, blah. It's just so hard to find guys that can do all three pass protection, pass, you know, receiving and running while also probably giving you some explosive juice because that's what was really missing. Jamal Williams would make me happy because I think he's a cool dude too. I don't know if you ever listened to him in interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he quotes SpongeBob and uh, he got upset at an interviewer for saying Pokemon wrong and all this stuff. But, uh, I find that really fun. I think he'd be a really good, you know, like fans will love him. Um, but if they don't go for him, man, the guy I keep coming back to is Jarek McKinnon because he was the passing down back for the Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl and he's explosive still, even though he's older. Like That's what I'm looking for, right? Even if you're getting worse pass protection, so you get 80% of P. Ryan in pass protection. P. Ryan is one of the best pass protecting backs out there. But you add on a guy that can go 60 yards on any check down for a touchdown – Sign me up. And then you just need a guy that can run between the tackles after. Maybe you draft that in day two, maybe early day three. I don't think you want to wait longer than that, even with the Pacheco thing. Uh, yeah, I, there's so many. Man. I'm still at the point of free agency where I just keep looking at them. There's so many guys out there. Like They just have to sign one. It's not like they need to have seven guys when they make their deal. They just have to get one guy. Now, when they're down to like one or two guys that I feel comfortable with left, that's when I start getting nervous. But where I am now is just so much of like, man, like, yeah, Jamal Williams would be great. And I think, I think whenever safety is possibly figured out or offensive tackle, like that's probably who Bengals fans would latch on to. Like, okay, now we got to sign Jamal. But it's like there's guys out there that just fit all these roles and – could start or play meaningful snaps. So that's where I keep coming back to is just running back safety and offensive tackle and tight end are needs. There's plenty of guys out there. That's the fish of the sea. It's a big sea, a lot of fish in the sea. You know, you got broken up with by a couple players, but there's plenty of fish out there. Just cast the net and bring one in. So that's what I love about it because they'll make one signing over the next 24 to 48 hours. And then everyone will be like, Oh yeah, everything is fine. We're we're back. They got their guy. And I don't want fans to be discouraged or feel like defeated if they don't get, you know, some of the guys that they do love on social media, on Twitter right now, the big name guys, um, they, you, you have to trust the front office right now. You, You have to trust them. They are, they were close to a Lombardi two years in a row and, and Jermaine Pratt said it best one play away. So I, I'm learning to trust the process and what the front office is doing behind the scenes. And I, I still feel like it was a semi-quiet day for the NFL overall. I know tomorrow is going to be crazy because Aaron Rodgers is more than likely going to make his announcement. And that whole thing is, I don't even know what's going on there. He's bringing all of his friends uh, to New York. And I, I just I have no clue what to make of the Jets right now or the AFC East alone because the Miami Dolphins have been, have been pretty active. But you know, my advice for Bengals fans, just just stay calm. Trust the process. Uh, maybe I'm a little too optimistic when it comes to, you know, maybe some moves that they'll make late in the week. But um, I'm, I'm not too worried. They're core. They have number nine. They have Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins. They have a solid defense. And Lou Anaruma and Brian Callahan are on the other side of the ball, too. Um, so that's how I feel after 48 hours of free agency. Any advice for Bengals fans going into the rest of the week? Relax. Don't overreact either way. Whoever they sign is probably not going to be a stud, mm-hmm. but whoever they sign is also probably at least starting level and fine. They don't do anything still. It's been slow. I just – I feel like free agency has just been really slow this year. I know they made a lot of their deals, I think, on day two the last couple of years, but day two is just like not many teams are making deals. Uh, so that's my advice is just be patient, just relax. And uh, if it's the same thing on Monday, you could dial up just a tiny bit of anxiety, depending on what happens. Maybe not much happens throughout the entire week. Like all these things, just really slow burn to finally get through free agency. I don't know. But uh, I would expect by the end of the week, we'll probably have some guys that we're really excited about or at least are interesting or, you know, who your starters are going to be, who's going to take some snaps of the good, of the guys that left. So I'm looking for something exciting, though. I And I was a proponent of bringing in a Javon Hargrave type, and I still am. There's not a lot of those guys out there right now. <laughs> those guys sign early. Uh, so, like, it is what it is. I Like, 
that's one way to think about it. I just think the Bengals front office has done so well. I, I can't really fault them for not following what I would do because I haven't been as right. I was for Carl Lawson over Trey Hendrickson. We're deep enough into the pod. <laughs> I was I was for keeping Carl over Trey. And I thought Trey was a good player. I just thought Carl was really good. And it turns out I'm like, well, Trey's really good. And I'm not going to say anything about Carl because he yeah. sadly tore his Achilles. And I don't think that's an injury prone thing. I think it's just unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I I I've been wrong more than they probably have. What's their only miss? Trey Wayne's? Yeah, ooh, yeah, what a miss. Um, what a miss. That guy just I mean he I, I liked Ouzier more when they signed him to when they signed both of them. I was like, uh, Trey Wayne's is fine. I know he got the bigger deal, but man, Ouzier's never played with a good safety behind him. Yeah, and it, I, it's there's gonna be some learning curves for this defense. Um, obviously, when you are without Jesse Bates, I do want to make it known Jesse Bates, Von Bell were great players on this defense, and I felt like underappreciated when you look at the way Jesse Bates has played over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I felt back, I felt kind of bad for him uh, when it comes to appreciating uh, what he what he was able to do in Cincinnati. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 check the meter next week. How fans are feeling? We have another pod on Thursday. Hopefully, there. I want moves because we can talk about the moves on the podcast. Uh, but we'll see what Cincinnati does if they add a safety, maybe the offensive line, or maybe a tight end by the next time we record. But uh, fans can check out all your work over on All Bengals. What's going to be up there? Hopefully, something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to travel for work, and I'm working long shifts while I'm traveling because I'm in a hotel. So, what else do I have to do? So, uh, it's been a little bit rough other you know the other life of me <laughs> to do this stuff so um i hope I, I get something up i want to get something up for friday at least and i should be able to because i'm off friday i come home thursday so at least friday morning i'll probably be able to hammer out something so friday morning something i was going to do darnell washington and then i don't know like i might still but then part of me is like i feel like I feel like fans have moved on from tight end. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to ride the waves. Like it was such a big thing when I started it like two weeks ago. And then by now it's like, no, we don't care about tight end anymore. We're all about uh <laughs> well, all about free agency, first of all. That's the one thing I'm waiting for. It's like I'll probably write something about a free agent. Like that's I basically have not thought about writing about draft prospects, I thought about writing about free agents, and they haven't done anything in free agency. So hopefully something and hopefully it's something exciting to do with a free agent. Uh so that's that's what will be up there on Friday. Rooting for moves. Rooting for moves for Mike so he can have that over on all Bengals. You can follow him, Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We will be back on Thursday to recap the latest in Bengals free agency on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.